Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Living in Hope. I am your host, Cassie Merritt. Oh, you guys, I am excited about this one. Um, After this interview ended, we actually talked about how just God works because he lives so far away. And I live here in Washington State. It's just like, there's no way we would have met in person. But thankfully, there's the internet and I found his story on there. And I asked him to come on here and he said yes. And uh, this guy is committed. He is committed to sharing his story and bringing people to know God. And I just think that is so awesome to have that much passion and commitment for Christ. Uh, So his name is Jordan Wilson, and he has a very awesome story about getting through his addiction of drugs. Um, At one point, he was even trafficking drugs, but it's how God brought him to know him. That is the awesome part of his story. So I'm excited for you all to hear it. So let's dive in. Well, welcome, Jordan, again. (laughs) Can we just talk about a second for about last time? Um, (laughs) Yeah, that was so gnarly. It was very gnarly. So this is actually our second take. Um, Last time, we just ran into every issue that you could imagine possible. (laughs) I think Jordan was wearing some kid's headphones at one point. (laughs) I was, yep. Because he forgot headphones, and then we had delay. And, you know, podcasting isn't easy, especially when you have to depend on the internet, right? Yeah, no kidding. Well, anyways, I'm so excited to have you on here. Um, I saw your story online and I just knew that I had to ask you to come on here and share it with all of my listeners because it is a really good one. But I would love for you to just introduce yourself. Who are you? Okay. Yeah. So my name is Jordan Wilson. I'm 32 years old. I'm from Western Kentucky. Uh, I am the development director for a Christ-centered drug rehab in Owensboro, Kentucky. Uh, I am about to celebrate five years of walking with Jesus, five years of sobriety. Uh, I'm I'm married with a a toddler and uh, another one on the way. Oh, how exciting. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) A new baby. And what's the due date again? February the 5th. Oh, and do you know boy or girl? Oh, it's a girl. A girl. Yeah, oh, so I'm, I'm, I've got a son, and now I'm going to have a daughter, and um, oh, we are God. just to the moon about it. Oh, I can only imagine. Oh, that yeah. is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I want to just get into your story. I'm very excited about this. So can you just go ahead and start sharing with us about your past and where, how you got to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was raised in a good home. Both of my parents are believers. I have an older brother uh, and we had a good upbringing. You know, my my parents had us in church three times a week. And, you know, my dad was even my baseball coach, basketball coach. He had us in sports and uh, the whole nine yards. We were really kind of a model family. I remember walking with the Lord at a young age and I was a freshman in high school. This is something I'll never forget. I played baseball for my high school and uh, I would uh, go to school all day, 
go straight from school to baseball practice. And after baseball practice, I would go home super tired, but I still wanted to spend time with the Lord. So I would go in my room, shut the door. And I did that. I had time with the Lord and it was, it was intimate, you know, and I don't think a whole lot of kids, you know, these days, uh, you know, get that kind of, you know, right. um, routine. And so I had that and it was so real. However, you know, I started walking away from the Lord when I had my first girlfriend. Uh, I started dating a girl when I was 16 and she was a few years older than me. And uh, she kind of took the spotlight in my life. Mm. And we all know that, you know, Christ has to be the center of your world. Beyond first place, Christ has to be. And so he wasn't anymore. And she was. And so Uh, The things that came along with that were, you know, backsliding. I I stopped going to church so much. I stopped reading my Bible and spending time with the Lord so much. And, and, you know, she wasn't even a bad person, you know. It's not like she wanted me out of the church or anything, but uh, I just put her before God, so I started to crumble. You know, actually, I was a really confident kid growing up. You know, I was outgoing and active in sports, but when I started walking away from the Lord— and just solely focusing on my relationship, I actually got really insecure uh, because I was I was a kid. I was a 16 year old kid in high school dating a girl in college. And, you know, to your average kid, that probably would have made them feel great. But to me, it, it did the opposite. I, um, I started getting insecure. And so to combat the insecurities, I started working out. Um, a lot. And when I would get results and my shirts would be tighter and people started noticing, that's how I kind of felt confident, felt secure. Uh, I wasn't Mm. finding that in Christ, you know. And so I started making more and more compromises, started drinking, started smoking, and just started going to parties. And obviously that girl and I didn't work out. But uh, the one thing that remained was my lifestyle of partying and, and seeking approval for, from people instead of Christ. Right. Eventually, um, I fell into drugs. Uh, the doctor wrote me a prescription for pain pills when I tore my ACL and my knee. And right away, I started abusing the pills. You know, I would take more than was prescribed because they made me feel great. You know, like not only did they take the pain of my knee away, but I had all this energy and confidence and that habit turned into an addiction really quick. Uh, you see, I, I wasn't really schooled on drugs growing up. I, I didn't know a lot about them. Uh, I honestly didn't know that if I take pain pills day in, day out for an extended amount of time that I would get physically addicted. I, I wasn't really aware of that. I didn't think that drug addiction could affect someone like me, somebody from the suburbs, you know. But man, was I wrong. Eventually, the doctor says that my knee should be fine and he cuts me off. But living the party lifestyle that I was living, I was able to find pain pills, no problem. You know, my drug habit just increased and increased. And, uh, you know, high school's over by this point. I I get me a a regular job and uh, try and live a normal life. I buy a house. and uh, But my addiction is just growing and growing to where after so many years, I, I lose my job. And, you know, I've got all these bills to pay. And I've got a, an expensive drug addiction that I have to continue to fund. And so I kind of turned to the only thing that I knew was guaranteed money, uh, and that was drug dealing. I started dealing out of my house, and my addiction got stronger. I started messing with other people who sold other drugs, and I was I became addicted to methamphetamine. I started shooting up. My life just became wow. totally crazy. Like in a span of, you know, I don't know, eight years, I went from, you know, a good kid 
to a full-blown drug addict, drug dealer. My life of crime kind of came to a halt when nine police officers busted down my door. And uh, yeah, they they got me for trafficking drugs. I ended up having to go to jail. Uh, I did three months in county jail and was, I got a good attorney and I served three months in county jail and was able to get released to a long-term program uh, called Friends of Sinners. And this is actually where um, everything starts to look up for me. Uh, if you're ready for me to tell you the good part of my story, I'm, I can go ahead and start telling you. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you really quick, though. Okay. So you did have a good relationship with Christ before you met this girl- girlfriend, right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Was there ever a time, you know, because his presence never leaves us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as you were going through this addiction, was there ever any time you just felt that conviction? Like oh, yeah. You just wanted to, did you want to walk away from So that badly. I did so yeah. badly. Like, I still knew, like, you know, once you taste and see that the Lord is good, you're just never going to be satisfied with anything else. And so right. I, I tasted and see that the Lord was good all of my upbringing. And so I knew that, the lifestyle I was living was just not for me. I knew that there was a better life. I just was so entangled with drugs. I did not know how to get out. Right. I, tr- I tried to quit the drugs on my own and I would get so terribly sick that I would just run back to the drugs, you know, because mm-hmm. a drug detox is very painful. Um, and so I would detox and, and try and get my Bible, but I just couldn't do it, you know. So it, it took uh, uh, another force and that force was the Madisonville Police Department. <laughs> but right. uh, I think they got, a literal force. <laughs> yeah, a literal force, a task force came in. Um, yeah. But I think that God will allow those things to happen, you know, uh, right. I love to that. get yeah. me right back where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you went to jail and then you had to do rehab. Right. Was this something that you were kind of thankful for? Were you kind of excited that this was happening? You know, there was a little bit of, yeah, there was a little bit of both. I was excited, like, okay, I finally get a chance to start over. But at the same time, I wasn't ready to completely surrender to Christ, right? Like, I was willing to surrender, you know, uh, the inconvenient drugs, you know, the drugs that kept me physically addicted. I was willing to give up certain things, but I still wanted to use certain drugs recreationally. I still wanted to party. I still wanted to live in sin, and I was not willing to commit to the Lord. So inevitably, I I failed. I was kicked out of that program after four months and sent back to jail. Uh, They caught me with drugs in my system. I'd relapsed, and so they kicked me out. (laughs) This program, uh, after I got out of jail, was nice enough to let me back in, and Cassie, I was kicked out of this program a total of three times. Wow. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. They were nice enough to let me in three times, but, uh, you know, stern enough to kick me out three times. But it everything worked out. You know, um, when I was kicked out that third time, I just said, you know, I'm never going to get it. I, I totally gave up. I got back on hard drugs. And I started using the needle again. Mm-hmm. And I just realized that, you know, hey, I'm going to die before I'm 30. And that's the end of my story. Mm-hmm. I was certain of that. Uh. However... March 27, 2016, I was driving around. I was finished with, you know, I didn't have to go back to jail. I was off probation, but I was strung all the way out on drugs. And I was driving around feeling hopeless, like, man, I have to find somewhere to stay tonight. Because keep in mind, while I was incarcerated, 
and in rehab, I lost my home, right? So if I'm not in rehab or jail, I'm just couch surfing, you know, and people are letting me stay at their houses. And so I really didn't have anywhere to go for the night. Uh, I didn't have any money to buy any more drugs. I was just kind of feeling hopeless. So I, I knocked on my mom's door and she saw, she could tell that I was messed up on drugs. I hadn't slept in nearly a week when I knocked on her door. Mm-hmm. And she said, Jordan, I will allow you to stay here, but you have to agree to go to rehab again. And when she said that, I thought that that was a bad idea because, you know, rehab didn't work for me. Uh, you know, jail didn't work for me. Nothing worked for me, but I needed a place to stay. So I agreed. And when I walked into her house, I was met by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. My mom had been praying and fasting for me for two weeks without my knowing. Um, my mom, I think, was on her 12th day of not eating any food. Uh, and praying and seeking the Lord for him to deliver me from drugs and to surrender to him. And that actually happened to be on Good Friday, 2016. Nothing necessarily happened that day other than the fact that I agreed to go to rehab. But my dad heard that I was in town and he, um, so my parents aren't together, but my, my dad heard that I was in town and said, Jordan, you know, a couple of days, it's going to be Easter. Would you please come to church with me? And, you know, I didn't want to. I was coming off drugs. I was sick, but it was my dad, you know, and it, it was Easter. So I agreed. And I thank the Lord I did because um, there was an altar call, and I don't even remember the altar call, but uh, I rushed down to that altar, and my dad describes me as that I look like a man on a mission. And <laughs> that day when I, when I said that prayer, uh, I completely surrendered, 100%, all yeah. of me. The, the, yeah, I surrendered my heart. I surrendered my mind. I surrendered my addiction. I surrendered my life. I said, you know, I'm yours forever. If Mm -hmm. following you kills me, I'm, I'm, I'm willing, you know, I'm yours. I'm done. And that's, yeah, that's, that's when everything changed, you know, because, um, if the heart changes, everything changes, you know? And so I got up from that altar, a saved man, which I think is really almost the way I describe it is romantic. Like seriously, I love that. Um, yeah. the Lord shared his day. That's the day that we celebrate the resurrection of the only God of Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. We celebrate that. And he, he was so good and loving to share that day with me mm. that that's the day I got saved. That's the day I got sober. I so that. it's, it's really beautiful. I still need a treatment though, you know, because I've been, doing drugs and selling drugs for so long that I needed to learn how to be an adult. You know, I needed to learn how to work uh, all over again. So I found a place in central Kentucky. It was a Christ centered residential program, uh, similar to friends of centers where I work now. But, um, I went and I was a client there. I graduated their long-term program. Uh, I started working for them in uh, case management and I was just pursuing the Lord. And eventually that I got a promotion to house management Eventually, I got a promotion to public relations. See, I didn't even know when I when. All right. So the way I got into public relations was I gave a speech at a graduation. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, where I work, you know, we have graduates, you know, of our long term program. So they said, Jordan, we would like you to, to, you know, be our guest speaker, you know, be our graduation speaker. So I said, sure. And I gave, a, I gave a speech, and I've always been good with words, like writing short stories and essays. It's never been a problem. So I gave a speech, and the CEO happened to be in attendance, and he liked what I had to say. And he said, Jordan, you're going to public relations. And I didn't even know what that was, but he was the CEO, so I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> um, 
but that's where I found, you know, my niche, you know, that's, yeah. I, I was good at public relations. I learned the job by, by working hands on. Wow. And I was in that position for a couple of years. That's when I met my wife. I met my wife when I was two years sober. Mm. We, I was in public relations for a couple of years until I eventually got promoted to the public relations manager of this uh, program. I was in that position mm-hmm. for about a year. And my wife and I started feeling the spirit of God move in our lives and uh, calling us to another ministry. We didn't know what that looked like, but we were seeking what it was. So we stayed in prayer and, you know, I had somebody approach me about uh, being a youth pastor at his church. And I don't know, it was nice, but it it just wasn't, it wasn't the right fit. Had somebody else say that I could be their public relations manager at another Christ Center facility, which was nice, but it, you know, (laughs) this wasn't wasn't the right fit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like it it had to, like God had to scratch this in. I didn't know what, what it was. So one day after about a month of prayer, I asked the Lord, I said, father, what about friends of sinners? Mm. Um, because I stayed clo- in close relationship with um, some of the leadership staff at Friends of Sinners. Oh, you know, okay. they followed me on social media and saw that you know I'm thriving, living for the Lord, working in public relations. You know, they actually asked me to speak at their banquet, so I came and spoke at their banquet. I asked the executive director to come and speak at one of our graduations. Mm. So we stayed close. So when I prayed, I said, "What about Friends of Sinners, Lord?" And I felt in that moment, the Lord say, not yet. So uh, the Lord said, not yet. So I didn't know why, but I wanted to be obedient. So after about another month of prayer, my wife and I continued to pray. I asked the Lord again. I said, Lord, what about friends of sinners? And I felt him release me to call the executive director. So I called him and this was like a pipe dream, like a long shot. Like, yeah, right. But (laughs) I, I was just, why not? You know, so. I, 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 I took the leap and I called the executive director and I'll never forget the conversation. I said, hypothetically speaking, could friends of sinners use a marketing department? And the executive director said, Jordan, I just got out of a board meeting three days ago where I expressed how badly friends of sinners needs a marketing department. Wow. And you know, wow. that is when I knew, man, that was God moving Right. because if I would have called, so he, he presented that to the board of directors for Friends of Sinners without thinking of me. He didn't have me in mind. He just told the board that we need an outside professional. And so he brought that to them. And when I called him, he knew that I was his guy. He knew that God brought me uh, to that. So now, yeah, now it, it took about three months. It took three interviews, about 15 hours of drive time total. But uh, I am now the development director for Friends of Sinners. And this is the program that I was never able to graduate from. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> but that's just the pure goodness and grace of God. Yes. You know? Oh my goodness. You can just see God's work through every step of your story. That is so awesome. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Ah, so many thoughts. I First of all, I just have to say, way to go mom and dad. Amen. <laughs> I think it's real. so awesome. You know, all these stories of like redemption and the prodigal sons and hearing their stories. It's always the parents. They never give up on their kids. That's right. They are continuously yep. praying for their kids. And I just love your parents' hand in this to get to where you are now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely did have a big hand in my my recovery, my freedom. Yeah. Can I ask you, what was going in your heart and your mind when um, you made that decision to run down the altar and give your life to Christ? What was happening in your heart and in that moment? So... Toward the last little 
couple of weeks of my using drugs, I could feel the Lord pursuing me while I was out there using. And I, I almost felt like I'm coming to the end of this. Like this, mm. this is going to, I'm either going to die or I'm going to change. Wow. Something is coming to a stop. Mm-hmm. You know, I truly believe that. So almost when the pastor called for that altar call, I, I, I really couldn't tell you how I felt, but it was almost instinctual Mm. for it was like my body said jordan we're going like like i i had to like there couldn't there was nothing that could have held me back Mm. i had to get to that altar wow i love that yeah so you accepted christ and then you went to rehab again what was different Mm -hmm. in you to be able to make that commitment whereas before you weren't able to yes so all the other times you know I wanted to uh, get clean, you know, uh, because I was tired of feeling like a loser or I was court ordered or I wanted to, you know, do it for me. But this time I said, you know what? I'm not doing this for me, God. I'm doing this because I'm in love with you. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this because you you can have my heart. You can have my mind. So the difference was was full surrender. You know, um, I was willing to give it all to Christ. And I'll put it to you this way. Um, The other times when I was in rehab, I may have given 50% of my heart. I may have given 80 or even 90% of my heart. But if you think about it, 90% faithful is 100% unfaithful. Mm. If my my wife said, Jordan, I'm going to be 90% faithful to you, we would have a problem. Right. Because that's completely unfaithful. So I think when I said, God, here, you know what? I'm done. Take 100%. Mm-hmm. Take all of me. That's when he said, okay, now now I can use you. Oh, man. Yeah. Sometimes he just allows us to hit that rock bottom, right? Because, yeah. even, you know, we have nothing but hope left. You know, we mm-hmm. hit rock bottom. You know, you said you hadn't slept for a week. You didn't have anywhere to live. You didn't have um, any drugs. And you were just like pretty much at rock bottom right then and there. And then that's when I feel like our eyes just open up to our eyes and our hearts are open up to what God has for us in a better life. We can see that more clearly. Well, I have to ask if there is a listener today who might be relating to this story and relating to everything that you had in your past or whether it's a drug addiction or just battling sin, what kind of advice would you like to give them to surrender to Christ with all of your heart? Mm. You have to give him all of you. He can't be second place. And honestly, I don't even think he should be first place. I think he should be absolutely the center Mm. of your life Yeah, to to live for him, not to put him in a box and I'm going to serve him on Sundays or, uh, you know, he can help me with this, but not with that. No, he needs to be the Lord of your life. Right. The Lord of your life over everything in everything. So my my suggestion is complete surrender because this is the only war that's won through surrender. Mm, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, so I ask each of my guests, and you're not going to get away with not answering this question. <laughs> okay. But the question is, what does hope mean to you? It means that you still have a chance, right? Like I come across so many people that feel and actually believe that they're hopeless. But that's just not the case when there's Christ. With Christ, there's always hope. You have a chance. If you still have a breath in your body, you have hope. You have a chance. Mm -hmm. I love that. 
Okay, so I want to know more about uh, what is it? Your business called Friends of Sinners. Friends of Sinners. Okay, yeah, just got like, it right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they call Jesus a friend of sinners, and thank God, mm. you know, because it's not the healthy who need the doctors, the sick. Yeah. Oh, so tell me more about it. What is what is yeah. it that you guys do, and how can people learn more? Just tell yeah, me all uh, about it. I want to hear it all. <laughs> all, right. all right. Right down to the foundation. We started in 2009, so uh, we're 11 years old. We are a residential, Christ-centered, substance abuse recovery program. Um, in short, we're a drug rehab. Okay. But I cannot tell you my, the story of Friends of Sinners without talking about Christ. We, you know, that's what separates us from other recovery programs is that uh, Jesus – is is the missing key to someone's freedom right like if somebody wants to get clean and sober but they're not willing to pursue christ or or walk with the lord then you you may could get sober on your own but you'll never be set free on your own and there is a big difference between being sober and being set free Mm, so um yeah so we treat 50 individuals every day they all live with us um we have 35 men in our men's program and 15 women in our women's program at several locations. They all live with us. If you asked us our curriculum, I mean, it's the word of God. Uh, We have a total of 12 staff members. Uh, 11 of us are in long-term recovery. Every, every one of us, we are all saved. We're all, you know, have confessed that Jesus is Lord. And 100% of our clients are all introduced to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hmm. We are an 18 month program. We have sober living, uh, for our clients that are ready to transition into the next phase of their life. Uh, we help all of our clients get jobs, get sponsors, get disciplers. Uh, we take all of our clients to church. We take all of our clients to celebrate recovery. We have an active, um, a very structured schedule for our clients, you know, class schedule. They're going to learn biblical truths, financial peace, uh, different life skills uh, to help them uh, you know, get back into society and be successful men and women of God. Oh, wow. That sounds awesome. I just want to join it. I don't have an addiction. Yeah. Like, can I come <laughs> hang out? <laughs> yeah, come hang with us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, we're running out of time here, but I could talk to you all day. Um, but I want to <laughs> thank you so much just for taking time out of your day to come share your story with all of us. It's a really good one. And I'm assuming you are probably sharing it. Are you a, do you do speaking at all or do you just kind of? Oh yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'll I'll speak at churches, prisons, jails, schools, anybody Um, that asks, I do my best to go. Oh, good. So I'm going to leave a link in the description um, about um, friends of sinners and i'm also if you're okay with it do you have any social links where they could follow you um yeah sure okay we're on facebook right okay. now um uh, i'm actually going to create a tiktok but i'm i've got to okay. get through a few few events that we're planning but right. Uh, right now we're on facebook yeah okay cool well thank you so much for being here today i really enjoyed this conversation thanks Cassie. it was my pleasure 
Well, like I said, if you want to learn more about this organization, I will leave those links in the description for sure. Um, but wasn't that such a great story? It is so fun just meeting new people and hearing their amazing stories. I just absolutely love what I do. But thank you so much, guys, for listening today. Be sure to share this with a friend if you think it will help them. Get the word out about the Living in Hope podcast. It would be such a great help. Um, but thank you for your commitment to listening to this every week. And I look forward to next week.